Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by relaxeddog.com. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. Welcome to episode 26. Our guest this week, Blaine, will be telling us all about his pity mix, Penny. And it is a really good story, this one. First, in some doggy news... We go to Weaverville in North Carolina in the USA and a gentleman has created a place called Wag Bar, which is basically about an acre of land, which is a, well, going to be his dog park and he's put a couple of shipping containers in the middle of it, which is going to be serving Beverages, alcoholic and non-alcoholic, and some uh, local food. So not quite sure how that's going to go. It should be interesting, but I wish them well. We jump over to Thailand, and in Bangkok, there is a story of a young gentleman who went out on the town, uh, had a few too many beverages, and grabbed a dog off the street, put it in the car, actually took him a couple of attempts, took the dog home, um, woke up in the morning a little confused as to what had happened and why there was a dog in his room. Um, Got a bit of a guilty complex. They worked out, he went with the dog, took it back to the restaurant where they were the night before uh, was going to leave it there, but then found out it was actually an abandoned street dog. And he's now adopted that dog. So did all the usual stuff to the vet, gave it a wash and a clean up. And now the two of them are happy together. Over in Chesterfield in the UK, a dog walker has been left rather embarrassed after letting Charlie... Labrador she was looking after off lead in a nice park. She thought she would take a nice photo of Charlie with a stick in his mouth and send it to Charlie's owner uh, only after she'd sent the picture and Charlie got a bit closer did she realise in fact it was not a stick but a sex toy and she spent the next 15 minutes or so chasing Charlie around trying to get the phallic shaped toy away from him which of course Charlie thought was a great game and now this week's interview today I am chatting to Blaine all about Penny. So welcome to the show, Blaine. Hey, Robert. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, as per usual, 
I'd like to take everyone back to just a little time, uh, way in time before you and Penny got together and talk us through the events that eventuated in you guys hooking up. All righty. I guess uh, first things first, you can probably tell by my accent um, from the States. Um, living in Las Vegas at the moment. I've been living here, let's see, since 2015 now, but I actually got Penny in 2014. Um, I had been on the search for a dog for several months. Um, I knew what I was looking for. wanted to, uh, first of all, I guess an athletic dog, selfishly, just to be able to come and join me and do some of the adventurous things that <laughs> I tend to get into. Uh, but also a dog that would be well suited for a lot of the volunteer work I do, um, being able to be like a, something of a, a breed ambassador um, and just help people in general uh, see how much better life <laughs> it can be with a dog. Um, so I guess I started searching. Uh, I was going rescue group by rescue group, looking for that type of personality, emailing back and forth. And I guess I was rejected um, by it was either five or six rescue groups and wow. each, each one of them just suggesting I, I wouldn't be a good dog owner. And <laughs> what it uh, boiled down to more than anything was I worked a nine to five. I was in a, doing a regular office job, had a commute and um, that, that was pretty well it. Frustratingly enough, uh, that, that was kind of their main decision criteria. And so it, it was a, it was an aggravating process, but um I guess without getting too far into the weeds, uh, six months into that journey, finally came across a, a rescue group, uh, Fur Friends in Need, um, based out of New Jersey and New York, and they had found Penny. Um, she had been, and go ahead and get the tissues ready, uh, she had been locked in the basement of a drug house for oh, her entire life. Uh, she was somewhere between one and two years old uh, when the rescue group got a hold of her. And how they, uh, and I guess there's a little bits of the story that are, that are missing, I guess. But, but from what I understand, she was locked in that basement of the drug house, was eventually uh, discarded by those owners along with two other dogs. A police officer picked them up, and this is in the Bronx in New York. Um, they were brought to a shelter, all three of them. Uh, temperament was... Uh, tested by, I, I guess, what whatever series of commands, and <laughs> I, I'm no expert in this, but um, long story short, they deemed her unfit for a home, mm. and she was placed on the euthanasia list immediately. Um, and that that's when Fur Friends and Need showed up. They poked their head in the door just in time. They they took all three dogs, in fact, and it was just a few days after that that I actually got in touch with them and started the process to be able to bring her home. That uh, sounds like a, a good timing. Yeah, yeah, de definitely fortunate timing, and that hell, that was, that was a journey all in itself. How was that sort of first meeting between you and her? Um, I, you know, I kind of explained to them what I was looking for, and I, I'd been in communication with them prior uh, to, to getting Penny, and then. Um, when I talked to them about that, that's when they kind of called back and they're like, listen, we've, we've got the dog for you. And I was like, all right, say no more. I'll, I'll be there in a couple hours. And it, it was, I, I left work early that day, uh, drove, I think it was two hours to, to the South side of the state and met them at a pet store parking lot. And 
uh, as you know, we met it, we met at the v- two vehicles together. Um, as they were opening the door, they're like, you know what, maybe you should just go sit over there. We're not sure how she's going to react. It's like, Oh no, what, what, what does that mean? And you know, they had already <laughs> kind of described like how, uh, I don't, I don't know how intense the effects of the abuse and neglect, uh, had had on her, how, how much of an impact it had had on her. And I gotta say, I think they understated it a little bit, not on purpose, but because you would just never think a dog could be in that bad of shape. Um, I went over, sat on the side sidewalk. Um, she walked up, and, you know, very, uh, I don't know, hesitant posture, like heads down, tails tucked up, ears are down, like her shoulders are tucked in a little bit, and. You know, you, you could tell she had uh, she had been through some serious stress, some serious stress. Like you, you could see it in her body. You could see it in the fatigue in her body. Um, but then, you know, all that considered, she walked up and sat in my lap and just started licking me. And I could see <laughs> I could see the surprise of uh, of the representative from the rescue group. And she's like, I basically said she couldn't believe that Penny was acting like that because that simply wasn't her. And, that's all it took for me. (laughs) Like she won me over in those few seconds. That speaks volumes. Yeah, absolutely. Like I I was like as nervous as I was, what I was, I was so thrilled to have that reaction. And so obviously they were, uh, had instances where she wasn't quite as receptive with some of their other rescue staff. Um, it was, it's not so much being, not being receptive. It was, it was one part like, I don't know where to start. Like she, she had seen nothing her the whole life. She had been locked in a basement. So even the simplest things like being able to try to run, she couldn't do, she, she had no coordination. She would just be like in a, in a, just a slow walk and would fall over. So I, I guess keep that part in mind that she had just had no, no awareness of how to act. Like just didn't know how to be a dog. And then the other part was just, just sheer fear like absolute fear over everything, whether it was a person or any other inanimate object, it didn't matter. Like anything like making a move in her direction, she was cowering. She was laying down, like uh, shielding her eyes. It it was, it was pitiful. And I wish I had a copy of it in front of me, but I, I do have a copy of the intake papers from when she was brought into the shelter and that evaluation of her temperament is seriously the most sad description of a dog you've ever read in your life. It was, it was bad. It's yeah. There's no words for for that and for what some people do to dogs. Yeah, uh, I just I just say like whoever her original owner is, uh, it's good good for them that they that I don't know who they are. <laughs> think that yeah good for them that a lot of people don't know who they are and yeah no just, kidding a lot of people shouldn't have anything to do with with dogs or animals or even other people yeah so but um anyway um as sad as that is how much i don't want to bring the mood down because i promise the story does get better <laughs> <laughs> oh i already know it does <laughs> so from the car park what happened then uh, let's see. Um, it was that from that first meeting. It was actually a few more days before I was able to bring her home because when when she was found, she had a an abscess on her ribs. Just uh, it wound up being a benign tumor, um, but we had to get the results of that uh, surgery first. So 
Um, I basically left that first meeting, said I'll take her, and then patiently twiddled my thumbs uh, over the next few days to get the results in. But um, as soon as we found out the the tumor on her side was non-cancerous, then that that was the green light we needed. And the moment I heard that, I was I was gone. <laughs> I was there to go pick her up as quick as I possibly could. And you know, in, in those few days, I'd already gone out and bought. You know, much like any person getting their first dog, uh, everything that the pet store had to offer. May, I want to make sure she was in total comfort the moment I got her home. And did they give you any indication of the the makeup of what she is? Uh, I mean, you can look at her in the face. Um, she's very much a pit. Officially, her paperwork says pit mix. Um, I don't know what she could possibly be mixed with besides more pit, but, <laughs> um, for, for legal reasons, for, uh, you know, mortgage, uh, house insurance premiums and whatever else, I'd rather that paperwork just say mix. So I've never officially had her tested. <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. And it's just a, a name and a, a misunderstood label. That's it. You know, if that negative predisposition disappears over time, then, you know, I'd, I'd love to have her tested just, just to know. Uh, but until that day, we're going we're to keep things how they are. Okay. So a couple of days after and you get to take her home. Do you remember that first time? Oh, vividly. She threw up in the backseat of my truck three times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I think that was a, that, that was a good testament for what was to come. Uh, got her to the house absolute nervous wreck uh things you would never think about never read about online in preparing to uh to take in an abused dog like i had wood floors and never would have thought that she would make the comparison of, of that to the concrete basement floors she had been stuck in for so long so she was scared of all the wood floors refused to move so i'd have to pick her up and carry her from rug to rug into my room to on my bed so that, that was a good initial lesson. Uh, take her outside and every noise imaginable sent her into a frenzy. So, you know, we'd make it three steps outside, a car would drive by, she'd sprint back in the house. Carry her back outside. We'd sit there for a few minutes longer and she'd hear uh, somebody hammering some nails on at their house, sprint back inside. And that continued for months and months and months and months. So it, it was... It was a lot of work, a lot of work. Um, and I guess the culmination of that, at least while we were still living there in New Jersey, was uh, pretty well wait, at, wait till like 11 or 12 o'clock uh, every night. And that's when we go for a walk because uh, that's we, we lived in a pretty urban environment, um, lots of traffic right in the middle of the downtown area. So you'd want to let as much of that traffic die down as possible, get the people off the sidewalks and let her have free reign of the sidewalks uh, as best as possible. And that pretty well stayed our routine uh, for, for month after month. And um, it sounds slow going. It was slow going, but e even in that um, you could see tons of progress and where, where I seem to notice the most is where we are able to escape the city sidewalks and get into the surrounding woods um, had, had some really neat spots nearby, um, desolate areas where I didn't have to worry about anything. I could just let her run around off leash. Um, I haven't mentioned that yet. That's one of those really nice parts uh, about, I guess, her kind of fear of everything around her. Um, she always stayed by my side. So, you know, from day one, I was working on her uh, being able to be off leash. 
So, um, you know, find, find the silver lining in these things. But, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, anyways, yeah, I'd start, start taking her into the woods more and more. And I could see like her demeanor start to shift, um, when, when she didn't have to worry about all those outside threats, I could actually see her for the first time relax and kind of, kind of enjoy herself, which was super rewarding. Um, but unfortunately be short lived because as soon as we get back to the house, um, she'd revert right back to those very hesitant behaviors. Applaud you with your, your dedication, um, to give her the, the time to follow through and and integrate slowly into what, what is what everyone thinks is a normal (laughs) sort of thing for a dog. Uh, And I I definitely appreciate that because, uh, uh, people that know me would not describe me as a patient person. <laughs> so I, I learned a little bit about myself during that experience, I think. <laughs> well, that's uh, another thing a lot of people will say is that when, and, and particularly with what you've said so far about Penny, is that she's also teaching you a lot of life skills. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, patience like I never knew I had before, but I, I guess beyond that, like just trying to, trying to understand nonverbal communication. It sounds weird to say out loud, but, you know, like learning every little bit about her personality and how to navigate that definitely played dividends on the EQ side (laughs) when it came to uh, dealing with people. So how was she when you had uh, friends and family over? Uh, There was a sweet spot. So her, for a long term, her maximum threshold was five people. And I, I can say that with absolute precision. Uh, we, there was three of us lived together at the time, me and a couple of buddies. Um, she, she was always fine to hang out with us uh, when it was the three of us. A, a, a friend might come over, a neighbor might come over. But as soon as that sixth person would enter the room, it was like a, a, like a light switch was being switched. And she would get up, walk straight to the bathroom and hide in the bathtub. And that, that, that was her one and only savior for a long time. Mm. So she, she was good. She was good with all people, but as soon as we crossed more than five, that was a wrap. And that, that actually took years to overcome years. Not good. But in other, in other ways, it's uh, not a bad sort of thing to tell if you've got a place. No, sorry, you can't come in. You're going to upset my dog. (laughs) Yeah, it was, a, it was a good excuse, and I'd, I'd definitely put it to use a few times. <laughs> and these, these quirky behaviors, like, there was no shortage of them. Um, it was, you know, I'd take her, like, I'd pull out a basketball. As soon as she laid eyes on a basketball, she'd sprint to my room and would get on the bed. Done. Basketballs completely did her in. Um, oh God, like, trash cans. Trash cans for probably four years would ruin her night. So if someone was putting their trash cans uh, out on the road, out on the curb to be picked up the following morning, she'd stop dead in her tracks and I'd have to physically pick her up, carry her around it. And I I don't even mean around it. It was several feet (laughs) out of our way, like not impeding our path whatsoever, but just laying eyes on a trash can would would ruin her night. And uh, there's, we, we could spend the next hour talking about kind of all those weird things, weird quirks she had that just seemingly didn't want to go away. We stuck around for a long, long time. So the psychology part is always fascinating. And when, when you don't know what she's been subjected to and what connections that she makes to other objects, 
that's it. Like there's so much depth to the, uh, the weirdness <laughs> in her thinking patterns. And, uh, you know, like you, you crack the nut in a couple areas and help her get over some things, but then, uh, you know, other dilemmas she was facing, you just had no idea and you feel, you feel helpless because, you know, like these, these hesitancies are so weird. Um, here's another good one. We, we would just be walking and out of nowhere, it'd be like, she just ran into a brick wall, would stop, would not move. And I searched Google from top to bottom, trying to figure out what to do and could never quite find any good advice. And, um, ultimately the solution I found up finding for her. And this was after, you know, I'd leave her in place for 20, 30 minutes and I would just sit, you know, not, not more than a few feet from her and just wait for her. And she would never budge, but I would pick her up move her forward six inches and she would keep on walking just like nothing had ever even happened. And I have no idea what that's about. I've, I've had her almost, what are we at now? Six, over six years now. And she still does that from time to time. I don't get it. And Google doesn't seem to have too many good explanations. So if any of the listeners here <laughs> have a good idea what that's all about, I'm still looking for a good explanation. You were, saying that you would live there for about a year before you moved? Yeah, thereabouts. Um, I've worked for uh, Mars Chocolate for my whole career. And let's see, I know Mars has a factory somewhere near where, where you are. I'm, I'm going to forget about forget the name right now. Uh, Ballarat, is that the name of the city? Uh, no, nah, yeah, that, there is a city called Ballarat, yes. That's it. I know there, I knew there was a Mars factory there somewhere, <laughs> but, um, it, anyways, I was working for Mars in New Jersey at the time, um, and got a call about taking a role at a chocolate factory here in Las Vegas. And, um, I, I care not at all to say anything good about the state of New Jersey. I thoroughly hated living there. <laughs> and I, th I think if you're watching the news at all uh, this year, you probably understand. It at least got a few reasons why. So when I got the call to go to Las Vegas, I, I took it very quickly. And um, I, I can remember the day moving here like it was yesterday. It was early 2015. I was shoveling snow at my house in New Jersey. Uh, the taxi shows up to uh, take me to the airport and I land in Las Vegas and it's sunny and warm. And I knew <laughs> right then <laughs> I'd made the perfect decision. I'll just, um, um, I'll just jump in. How was Penny in the snow? Uh, she loves it. She just like puts her head down, like, like the front of a bulldozer and just barrels through. <laughs> and, you know, like uh, she, she's gained uh, a lot of traction online because you always see pictures of her wearing boots. And that's actually where it all started. Um, it, it, it wasn't so much for the snow. It was more for all the salt on the sidewalks. And when mm -hmm. we walk around during the winter, we, we had snow on the sidewalks for probably four to five months a year. Um, and the salt really bothered her. So I, I put boots on her every single day before we go out for a walk. And there's a lot of, and, lot, of, lot of chemical solvent stuff as well, isn't there? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nasty. And the, the pads of a dog's foot are a lot more versatile than I think most people really realize. Um, they're super important for body temperature regulation, and they're, to your point, uh, very susceptible uh, to the damage that different chemicals uh, can present. So uh, word, of, word of advice to all you dog owners out there, um, read up on dog boots. They're, they're a lot more versatile than you'd ever think. Absolutely. It's just a, an added reason, let alone the temp, uh, temperature differentials between hot and cold. Very much. So um, get, getting back to the move, uh, we 
So first of all, I, I moved on nine days notice. So that was chaos. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, under virtually any condition, I would have just driven across the country. It's about, uh, gosh, from end to end, probably a 40 hour drive from one side to the other, which I was happy to make, but couldn't on nine days notice because I had to get all my stuff moved. So Penny wound up being on a plane, which scared the living hell out of me. Um, for, fortunately, everything went perfectly fine. Um, but, but as a bit of a reward when we landed in Vegas, uh, took her straight to the dog park. And I think that's where we stayed for the first few hours that we lived here. <laughs> okay. And she had much experience in, in being crated before that? Uh, I, I did get a crate for her when I first got her. Um, much like everybody else, I swore she wouldn't sleep in my bed. That lasted all of about one day. Um, <laughs> Perfectly comfortable in a crate, and I, I'd I'd say this is probably true for a lot of uh, rescued or abused dogs. Uh, you, you know that you find a place of comfort in a crate, especially when it's uh, draped with a with a cover or something to where it's kind of a dark nook. Um, so she actually did really well in it. Um, she looked perfectly relaxed when I picked her up, um, opened the door, she walked out, seemed instantly like her normal self. So that that was a relief. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you said straight from the airport to the dog park. Yeah, uh, I'd say that that was the that was the only bit of certainty we had <laughs> for the next few months. So um, I landed, I landed, and then a couple of days later, I, I started the new job. So um, I was living out of a hotel for the first couple of months, and that that was a pain in, in its own right because, of course, her being a pit a pit mix, uh, none of the hotels seemed to want to allow her. So. Um, I, I finally found one. They said they were dog friendly. I didn't mention her breed. Um, I was getting ready to hand them my credit card for an eight week stay. And I said, Oh, by the way, this is my dog. Can she stay? And started to retract my credit card. And, uh, they, they that's when they said, you know what? Yeah. They, they kind of did a quick, uh, evaluation of her, realized she was no threat and they, they let her stay. Uh, so, excellent. <laughs> fortunately, that worked out. So we we at least had our our temporary housing all set up while I was in the process of looking to buy a house. Um, I I don't want to get into the details of that whole disaster, but uh, basically we wound up doing our our rich, starting a ritual out of the hotel room we were living in uh, before and after work every day. Found a good walking path where she could get a uh, you know thirty minutes an hour walk in every day, making sure. Still trying to stick to the same regimen that we had living in New Jersey. Um, but once I became a little bit more familiar with the area and maybe a surprise to most people, um, Las Vegas, you think of the strip and that's it. But uh, not at all the case. It's a huge city, awesome city. I've, I've had an absolute blast living here. But even better than the city is the whole surrounding area. Um, Right on the edges of town, there's a million places to to go hiking, all levels of difficulty. Um, and then when you extend to a couple few hour radius, you've got everything from Zion National Park in Utah, which is one of the prettiest places on earth I've ever visited. And I have been down, what what's the name of the Great Ocean Road <laughs> on the south side of uh, Australia? Okay, and, yep. Great Ocean Road, absolutely gorgeous, and I put Zion National Park right right on par with it. <laughs> and okay, we've got wow. the Grand Canyons only a couple hours away. Um, so, in, in terms of geography, like Las Vegas is situated in such a perfect spot. You you got such great access to so many unbelievable sites. Um, so so that's what we started doing all the time. 
you know, during the week, if I got off of work a little early, we, we'd head off into the mountains uh, just outside of town, which, you know, only, only a 30 minute drive. Um, and then the weekends, it was, it, it was anybody's guess. I'd look up a new spot that I haven't been to and, and off we'd go. How is Penny now at that stage? I should have asked before, before we actually left to go to Las Vegas with other dogs. Was she sort of like interact, starting to interact a bit better or? She was, she was friendly with all dogs. So that, that was never an issue. I'd say, uh, by, by this point, you know, we've been in Las Vegas for a couple of months. I was taking her to the dog park on average, probably six days a week, if not seven. And she, she was fine. Um, super friendly. Uh, problem was she was still a complete weirdo. <laughs> we, we had made like enormous progress in terms of, you know, eliminating her fears of everything around her and stuff like that. But she still had no idea how to be a dog. So we go to the park and she'd like sit on the bench at the picnic table with some other person. <laughs> and, and every now and then you'd see a glimpse of her. Uh, like uh, running with another, a couple other dogs or make a move in the direction of a toy. But uh, at this point, still no idea how to be a dog. Uh, so that, that, that was still <laughs> way out in the future before I could say she had made that transition. Okay. So you mentioned uh, toys. Up to then, she didn't really have any favorite toys or, or games that you sort of played? She was scared of all of them. <laughs> I had bought all the toys. I had bought like different training devices and everything else. But at this point, she was still in that stage of just being scared of any being introduced to any inanimate object, which made training super difficult. But um, I, again, canvas Google for the answers and look for uh, alternative ideas. And uh, that, that's kind of what I was forced to at that point. Okay. Um, I guess moving forward, um, Found a house, got got a property that was very well suited to her. Um, super urban area, um, very small plots all through here, but I was able to find a, a lot on the back of a street, which had a, a really big backyard. And honestly, that was like my main decision criteria <laughs> in buying a house. I wanted a, a big yard that she could enjoy and, and like, again, to just try to learn how to be a dog. And got into here, spent several months and um, kind of sticking to that pattern I've just mentioned, going out as much as possible just to try to, you know, find trust in the world. Uh, but eventually I wound up putting an ad out uh, looking for, for a new roommate. And the, the whole ad basically was, here's, here's what's up with my dog. Here's <laughs> what I need out. Of, here's what I need from your dog. And in so many words, the ad said, I need your dog to teach my dog how to be a dog. <laughs> so, Interesting. So the, yeah, so you weren't really looking for a roommate. You're looking for a Penny's roommate. Yeah, that's it. I, th I think I had like three sentences at the end and what I was looking for in, in an actual roommate, but that was in every sense of the phrase and afterthought. <laughs> and so, so introduce Katie. Uh, Katie was moving across the country um, on a traveling nursing contract. Uh, she had uh, a younger Great Dane that was uh, I, probably 130 pounds, even though he was still a young guy, but very energetic. And uh, they actually lived, this, this was several years ago. They lived next door now and Penny sees him every day. But the, uh, Grizz moved in. Grizz moved in with Katie. And biggest Great Dane you've ever seen. 
Uh, but he absolutely filled his purpose. Uh, he taught Penny how to play. He taught Penny how to go eat her food when other dogs are around. <laughs> he, <laughs> even as far as uh, teaching her how to uh, tear up some stuff. Um, so there's a little bit of back and forth on who was responsible for destroying uh, an item on a given day. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And she but, didn't have any sort of hesitancy with, with meeting such a large dog first time? Uh, no, no, it was just, just another dog that she had never seen before. So it, it all worked out fine. So, uh, they, they wound up living here for about eight months, uh, before she wound up getting the house next door <laughs> and, uh, it, it went incredibly, incredibly well. Um, I can remember one day and this is by this point I'd had Penny over two years and I was just, I was sitting in my kitchen watching her do something. I can't remember. But I, I, what I do remember is just having the thought of like, she, she's normal now. Like she knows how to be like a normal dog. And don't get me wrong, still a million quirks and a million unique things. But it was, it was the first time I ever looked at her. It's like, all right, you're, you're doing what needs to be done. You don't have all these undue fears of everything around you. Like you can actually just relax and live now. And it was like, it was the biggest relief. And I remember touching base with the, the rescue group I got her from sometime around then too. And telling them that story and oh it was, it was so cool to say like you know the transformation is it'll never be done but like this big first phase is done and it was it was somewhere between two and a, two and a half years of owning her before we finally hit that point oh that is that's excellent uh, <clears throat> sorry getting a little moist there a little bit that, that's so nice to hear <laughs> <laughs> what sort of was any sort of like uh, adventures that uh, the two of them that you can sort of like that come to mind? Uh, they they had more of a uh, backyard romance, I guess. They're they're always good to be doing things in the backyard and running around and uh, going back and forth between the neighbors' houses and such. But um, in, in terms of go, getting out into the mountains here, the desert mountains, and uh, that that remained a Penny and I uh, only event for, for a while to come after that even. Um, my background, I grew up on a farm. Uh, I spent every waking hour outside when I was a kid. And, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's definitely followed me into adulthood. And, you know, kind of having done that most of my life, I was, I was a lot more comfortable with uh, <laughs> things that some people might consider dangerous or risky or somewhere in between. Um, so kind of for that reason, we'd all we'd go out on our own a lot. Um, I was comfortable with heights. I was comfortable with cliffs. I knew how to navigate them with Penny at this point. And we just kind of went out and did our thing every weekend. And, you know, I'd say our, the average Saturday for, for a couple of years was get up around sunrise, be at the mountains, go, go play around for five, six hours and then make our way back home. And all throughout that process, I kind of kept stepping up the difficulty little by little. Um, at first, I was super, super considerate of the fact that she hadn't done a whole lot of that. Um, and she quickly let me know she was not going to give me the same consideration. <laughs> and she was just, she was bounding around like you cannot imagine, like a mountain goat from, from day one. And, you know, I, I'd step up difficulty, she'd have no problem. I'd step it up a little more, she'd have no problem. And I'm sure if my mom saw what we were doing on some of these, some of those days she'd have an absolute heart attack, but yeah, I'm guessing know, like, for both, for both of you. 
<laughs> like I, I loved it. And if for a moment I didn't think Penny was loving it, I would have stopped. Um, but it was super clear that she was having the time of her life. And I, I just kind of kept, kept on running with it. And uh, I guess by this point I'd been living, I had been living in Las Vegas for a couple of years and I had gotten to meet some, some really good friends uh, within the hiking community here. And, you know, we started getting into some, more technical stuff, uh, rappelling, zip lining, uh, what have you. And, you know, it, as predictably so, I started researching online whether that might be a good idea to bring Penny along for those. And lo and behold, there's equipment for it and there's training videos for it and there's tons of literature. Um, and so I familiarized myself. And uh, I remember that first day taking Penny rappelling with me. <laughs> standing at the top of a 120 foot cliff and her trying to figure out what in the world is about to happen. So you, you started small then. <laughs> I wish I could say yes, but uh, you know, we, we did, we did a couple of uh, just couple, God, I keep saying, it, I realize I'm saying feet this whole time instead of meters. Oh, that's all right. Like audience here, but, <laughs> but you know, I started in the backyard on the tree and, you know, just bring her a few meters into the air and um, made, made sure she was calm and, not, not, not going to be panicky because I didn't need that at the top of a 40 meter cliff myself. Um, and I, I'd say that first repel I, to this day, I do still feel a little guilty because I, I know it scared her. Um, she'd have no idea what to expect, but yeah. Um, God, I remember, I, I think it was the second, uh, second time we went out to go repel and it was like eight repels that day. And by the second one, like she's jumping off of the cliff under her own power. It's, it's <laughs> so crazy to see. And that, that's where I say, like, I feel confident that she's com plenty comfortable doing what she's doing. And any onlooker would say the same when you see her, you know, I'd lean off the edge of the cliff. She's tethered in right below me. She's got a full body harness that is connected to my harness. So she's just dangling, uh, you know, about a meter below me. Uh, like she just jumps off. I lower her down gently and we just cruise on down. And then, we, you know, we get to the bottom. I, I unhook her from me. She jumps up in excitement for a second and then like sprints off to the next area. <laughs> so there's, there's absolutely no doubting her, her energy and excitement when we're, when we're doing this sort of stuff. It's oh, that's excellent. Do you ever have any uh, run-ins with some local wildlife out there? Uh, let's see. She, I, I can remember her running across a couple of mules and mama mule didn't, didn't take too fondly of her getting next to the, <laughs> the little baby. Um, so I think she learned a lesson about how fast mules can be that day. <laughs> um, lizards more than anything that that's, that's what does it for. Like we can be walking down the sidewalk and see, um, depending on what part of the country you're in, might see squirrels or deer or skunks or possums, cats. It doesn't matter. She doesn't break stride, doesn't turn her head, doesn't give them the first bit of attention, but lizards, God, they're, they're everywhere here in Las Vegas. And the moment she lays eyes on one, she could be tired at the end of a, you know, a five hour hike. And she is in a, full sprint to get to that lizard. Oh, that's, yep. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing, pretty well the one thing that, or animal at least, that just fully excites her. <laughs> can sort of relate a little bit to that with uh, our dog Marley. The, um, most things doesn't care. Birds don't care except for swallows, the, the, the 
and only the ones that fly around a, a meter above the, the ground. Small as fast as Burger is. And <laughs> she course. goes nuts for them and will just chase after them and then until she's ready to drop, just about. Yeah, you know, like I had, I had the initial tendency to like try to to correct that behavior, but like no, just no. Now, now hearing her whole background and knowing everything she had went through, like I, I got to assume you'd probably have the same reaction I did, which was just like excitement. Yeah. <laughs> it was just w- one more part of it, like, all right, you're acting like a dog a little bit. No, <laughs> not, not the best behavior, but I'll take it. I love it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. So Penny's now turning into a, well, an even more of an adventure dog. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm. There's not a whole lot I'm I'm afraid to put her in front of. Like by this point, she you know she's she's conquered swimming across like large water gaps with me. Um, she'll she'll hit about everything. The only thing I haven't been able to talk her into is uh, cliff jumping, going going and jumping into the lake. Um, but I'm hoping one of these days she'll she'll get into it. It seems like all the Jack Russell Terriers are the ones that like doing that, but not too many pities doing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously she's all right in water. Uh, you know, with, with a, with an asterisk, she's, she's dense as a rock. She's just one solid piece of muscle. So when she gets in water, she has no buoyancy at all. She sinks. (laughs) So anytime there's any possibility of water, uh, she is wearing a life jacket hundred percent. And I I never stray too far away because she has this habit of if she does go underwater, then she comes up, she tries to shake her head, which makes her go under a water again. And then that vicious cycle just repeats. (laughs) But, (laughs) but she does like, uh, if it's a river, especially like no hesitation whatsoever, she'll just go straight across. No matter if she, even if she can't contend with the current, she'll try her hardest to swim across. So that's really I really got to pay attention because she overestimates herself. Um, lakes, she'll follow me swim across the cove. The, the one thing she will not do though is voluntarily swim in a swimming pool, and okay. I don't know why that is. Like she'll sit on the stair all day while we swim, but she will absolutely refuses to swim in a pool. Hmm. Maybe the uh, chlorine or something like that. Uh, may- uh, maybe it's the chemicals. I, I I don't know. But plenty of other dogs are happy to swim all over that pool. But she is it, she is not about it. But hey, I'll, I'll take the rivers and the creeks and everything else as long as long as I can have that. I'll I'll let her keep sitting on the stair of the pool. No, no substitute for nature. That's it. So how has she been health wise? Um, no, knock, knock on wood, no problems. Um, I, I had the, a, a fortunate encounter last year. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you could read up on her, but, uh, Dr. Barbara Royal, she, she's got a lot of, uh, high-end clients, uh, including, hopefully I'm allowed to say this, Oprah and, <laughs> and some other, uh, quite, quite notable figures. So she knows her stuff and we were, we were at a trade. So last year working with, um, the Dodo. Um, we, we've done a f- uh, few few partnerships with them in the past, a few different videos and such. And I, I met Dr. Royal there, and she did like a basically a sit sitting there like a thirty minute evaluation of her, uh, which was incredible. I couldn't believe she was just willing to take the time to do that at this super busy trade show. And at the end of it, she's like, "You know what? You got an A dog here." but we're going to turn her into an A plus dog. (laughs) Like I've wiped the sweat from my brow then because I was nervous. She's going to be like, all right, what have you been doing to her these last several years? But 
uh, like looking at her, she, she's, I guess, physically looks incredible. Um, her, her, her muscles are in tip top shape. Um, great, great mobility, plenty of flexibility, no signs of any kind of hip issues, which is what I am worried about given her breed. Um, no, no concerns of arthritis that, that she could find. Um, just a couple of small chips in her teeth that weren't, weren't causing any issues, at least at this point. Um, she, she's in great shape. And I guess as you mentioned, she's now about eight and a half thereabouts. I don't know her exact age, of course, but uh, she's getting on up there. She's getting pretty gray in the face and, you know, it's making me start to think about how to do things a little bit differently because, you know, we're not going to be able to keep up the same pace forever, but uh, when, when we get outside, there's still no doubt that she's all about it. You, even tonight, right before I logged on with you, uh, we've got our 30 minute walk we do every night and uh, she, she still does it like she's been doing it for the last five years um, at her speed, full comfort, off leash, of course, and uh, she seems to be doing great. Uh, sounds excellent. Apart from the, the walks and, and having all that natural exercise, are you doing any other like sort of like strength and conditioning sort of stuff with her or? Uh, experimenting with it. Um, we, we worked with uh, a local business here a few weeks ago with a, uh, a mobile doggy, uh, uh, I, I guess, gym. Um, had a couple of treadmills in there and some other things. Um, so trying to introduce her to that because keep, keep in mind also it's still – Oh gosh, I'm not going to know in Celsius, high thirties mm-hmm. <laughs> temperature here in Vegas, even in October, like it, it's hot. So, I mean, basically from, from like June till the end of August, I got to wait till midnight every night to walk her anyway, because it's still, it, it'll be 40 plus on a lot of days. And so what we do more and more, we're going to have to look at kind of alternative means for uh, getting her exercise as she gets older. Uh, simply because she's not going to be able to to contend with the climate here quite as well. Um, so that that's something, and also know, knowing your background, probably need a, a few words of advice of how to <laughs> navigate these next few years as she gets a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Um, does she have any other like doggy friends when you're going out on the on the hikes and and doing some of the climbing stuff? Uh, yeah, there's, there's been quite a few over the years. Um, uh, one, one friend I met not too long after I moved to, uh, Las Vegas. And if, if you want to look up her Instagram handle, it's kitten bear, K I T T E N B E A R. But, uh, Miko, he's a Husky German shepherd mix. It is probably the most incredible adventure dog I've, I've ever encountered in my life. Like they, he, it, you figure Penny looks like she does this crazy stuff. Like he's an order of magnitude more capable of everything you never thought a dog could do. <laughs> <laughs> so he, yeah, he, he's it's definitely worth giving them a look. Um, it, you'll, you'll understand my, my statement. Um, once you look at a few photos, uh, you other buddies that have, uh, kind of just haphazardly started taking their dogs out that I've met. Um, but m- I'd say more more often than not, she's the solo dog in a lot of the trips we're doing. And it sim- simply comes down to capabilities. Um, I, I'm, I'm choosing hope her nine times out of 10 over any human because she's simply going to be able to 
do the stuff I want to go do. <laughs> ah, sounds nice. And I'm guessing she's in, inspiring a, a whole lot of people to do a whole lot more stuff with their dogs. I sure hope so. Um, it, it's it's taken it's taken a lot of work uh, to capture some of these memories of her over the years, and you know it, it's not uncommon for us to go out and you know uh, we'll we'll increase the length of the hike that day by thirty to fifty percent just trying to get get a little content of Penny. And you know for me, it's always been about you know shedding light on the fact that. Pits aren't this horribly aggressive breed that the media portrays them as. It's about bringing attention to here's the types of dogs that rescue groups can bring to you. You figure if if you're looking for a dog, who's going to be able to judge a dog's personality better than a rescue group? They, you know, they've, they've seen hundreds, if not thousands of dogs during their time. So go to a rescue group. You don't need a breeder. You don't need to go elsewhere. There's, there's a million things you can do to uh, work with your rescue group to make sure you're looking for exactly what you want to get. So that that's why it can kind of, for me, at least continues to be worth taking the extra time to create this content, put it in front of people, respond to people when they've got questions. Uh, at the end of the day, I just want to ho- hopefully Penny's, Penny is con- sorry, Penny's content can uh, help improve the life of a few other dogs uh, day by day. I've got now no doubt that that it's been doing that for a while. Um, question I ask everyone is to complete the sentence. I can't believe my dog ate. Ooh, 26, I think is the current count. 26 remote controls. <laughs> like what, one of her best, best attributes is she doesn't destroy stuff. Like in, in the six years I've had her, she's ate you know, two or two or three things of mine, but. Besides that, like just she doesn't she doesn't cause any damage at home except for remotes. And anytime anybody watches her, if I'm out of town for work or what have you, I warn them: put your remotes away, or she will shred them. And I, I don't mean that she just like bites a piece of them off; like she turns them into sand. There's like a million pieces of remote control just laying on the ground. <laughs> and I just replaced I replaced one last week. In fact, it's the one thing she just. She knows she'll get in trouble. She knows she's not supposed to do it, and she absolutely will ruin a remote the moment she puts eyes on it. Well, that's uh, something a little different. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Twenty six is way too many. That's the closest I've had to that. Um, oh, I did have one that uh, did a light light switch, plastic light switches. <laughs> yeah, that's unique. Just on on diet, a, a picky eater, or what's her usual sort of meals? I, I, I want to be careful ask, uh, answering this because it is a touchy subject, I think. Um, but I, I've, I keep her her diet pretty steady, and I, I don't go over the top in trying to look for the most incredible, perfect thing to eat because I've never lived my life that way, and I'm, I'd like to consider myself a pretty healthy guy. <laughs> so as long as uh, it's got a pretty clean ingredient deck, um, I feel pretty confident of it. Um, one company that we've used a lot is Open Farm Pet. They're based out of Canada. Um, they, they, they're GMO-free, they're grain-free, and I know that grain-free phrase freaks a lot of people out, but the way I look at it is, you know, grain-free in my life or keto in my life or paleo in my life, it, it's going to generally make me pretty healthy. 
um, but I can still uh, factor in a few other things. So I'm not going to be 100% strict. So the long-winded way of saying, I try to make sure she eats pretty healthy, but it's not always kibble. It's not always raw. It's not always this uh, super boutique brand or anything like that. It's just, for me, it's just making sure she's got a balanced, healthy lifestyle. Her, her weight remains about the same and she looks healthy. As long as I can check those boxes, I feel pretty good about the diet. Can't argue with that. I'm all for variety. Yep. We definitely have that in common. <laughs> Excellent. So what, what is she doing at the moment? Uh, at the moment, she is on the other side of the house. Um, I'm, I'm locked over here in, in the uh, in the office, but I'm sure if I say walk loudly enough, she'll come sprinting over. <laughs> but I guess I should also mention it, it is what, almost 1 a.m. here, so she might she might actually be down for the night. But I, I'm, I feel pretty confident if I just yell walk right now, she'll, her, she'll poke her head in the room. I think that's a, a subconscious call that dogs hear no matter <laughs> what state that they're in, whether it be sleeping un, un, under the influence of whatever, they'll understand walk. It can be heard from any distance, I think. <laughs> um, is there anything else sort of uh, coming to mind as far as uh, adventures or a uh, special sort of interaction that you've had with Penny? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. Um, I guess I guess I'm going to rewind a, a minute. Um I, I never, I, I was never a huge fan of social media. Didn't, didn't like wasting a ton of time on it. Didn't have an Instagram for myself, nor Penny, of course. And I think it was the gentle nudges of several of my friends for a long time <laughs> is what finally led me into creating an Instagram for her. Um, and, you know, I started uploading stuff. I, I'd say got kind of lucky with some reposts and um, from some bigger uh, online groups, which helped grow, grow our audience a little bit. Uh, we wound up getting a feature with the Dodo and I, I'm, I'm sure you see, you see their videos in Australia too. Yes, yeah, we do. Yep. Great. Great. So we did a video with them in, was it 2017? And I remember when I got the initial email from them, they, they had reached out. I, I, I started freaking out. Like they're the, you know, they're the, they're the best in the business when it comes to <laughs> uh, animal media online. So I, I was so thrilled uh, when they reached out and we were actually doing a hike the weekend that the video came out. So we we're doing the, is the highest peak in the continental U.S. and California. And I had Penny with me for that. So we were out of cell phone reception for a few days and I knew the video was dropping that weekend, but I was like, hey, you know, hopefully it'll do well. Uh, I was looking at some of their other content. It's like, hopefully it gets like, you know, half a million views, maybe a million if we're lucky. And it gets like 20 million views in the wow. first like day. And I think, I think as of right now, it has something like 48 million views, which completely blows my mind. And I, I know it's not a, not the fact anymore, but it, at that time it was like their most successful video they had ever done. And it kind of, it paved the way for everything that has happened since. Um, so I'd, I'd say that was probably like, one of the biggest highlights we ever have was getting to do that first uh, video with with the dodo. Okay, and what was, um, what did Penny do in the video? Uh, it was basically uh, a three minute version of everything we've just talked about. <laughs> she, she's 
started life uh, dealt a very difficult hand and she blossomed into this with a lot of video content to go along with it. And it, it, it pulls, it pulls at the heart pretty hard. Um, so I, I had quite a few people reach out that knew me personally that just happened to see it because it seemed like everybody on the planet was seeing it at that time. Um, one, one testimony after another about how much it made them cry. <laughs> so so it was a great video. They did a fantastic job with it. And uh, we, we've done a few other videos and such with them since. So absolutely love the company. Guys, if you're listening, can't wait to do another one. I, it's, it's about that time. Uh, the, the second one I think I'll mention, and this just kind of uh, goes back to the fact that I've done so much outdoors and every, every bit of travel I've done in my life is with an emphasis on like seeing what outside has to offer. I'm not, I'm not big into going to cities and such, but um, we got a call from National Geographic and they wound up putting a pretty good story together. And this, the story was cool. I was super excited about the story, but for, for one day, for one day in history, you log on to National Geogra- nationalgeographic.com and it was a big picture of me and Penny on the homepage. And that that just completely blew my mind. Wow, that uh, that was super cool. I'll 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 brag about that to the day I die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. And say, Penny's a superstar, but you you're both superstars, and it just seems this is one of those things where you the two of you are destined to meet each other, and then just yeah, rich fulfillment. Yeah, v- very very much. Um, and, you know, I, mean, I mentioned I wasn't huge in the social media and I, I'd say to this day, I, it's still not something that uh, <laughs> occupies a, a pri- or it's not a priority thought for me. But, you know, I'm still happy to keep the account going just because of like all the awesome feedback I get from folks. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get one story to say, hey, thanks for sharing Penny's transformation it gives me gives me hope that I'll be able to do the same with my own like unbelievable to hear that story one time um but now to have heard like literally thousands of people shoot me messages with like a first-hand account of how penny's transformation has impacted them like that, that means the world to me oh that's that's words yeah words don't begin to sort of describe what impact that has on on so many dogs lives and 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 the people that that's had to hang out with them as well that's it. But you want to tell everyone what Penny's Instagram address is. I guess we could mention that too. So Penny, Penny Dog on Instagram, P-E-N-N-I-D-O-G, Penny Dog. Um, jump onto there. That's You'll you'll see this entire transformation unfold in, in front of your eyes over the course of about uh, 900 photos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also check out pennydog.com. Um, and it, it, it's nothing significant on there. I'll, I'll highlight like a few of my favorite uh, products that Penny uses, um, whether it's harness, harness, uh, leash, collars. Um, I'm a big fan of lights and bells and stuff for night hiking to keep them safe. But basically all the products I, I feel confident standing behind because I've used them. I've got links on there just to try to help make your search a little bit easier. Um, and then I've, I've got some links to, um, some other, some other media that she's been featured in. And then the one thing I, I'd like to get, give everybody the chance to look at is on, on our website, there's a, there's a 12 chapter summary, we'll call it, uh, of this transformation where I've tried to 
dig in a little bit more to the nitty gritty. And if, if you've got 20 or 30 minutes to kind of read about the transformation, it'll give you a, an extra look beyond some of the stuff I've mentioned uh, on the past hour here. Oh, it's, it's actually something I haven't looked at, but uh, I am going to. Uh, that's another tearjerker. <laughs> I think I wrote that. I wrote it a couple of years ago, um, kind of after she had made it past that first kind of phase of her transformation where I was able to say, you know what, she's normal now and talk about some of the, um, s- some of the things she achieved after that. And I think it's about time to write a couple more chapters to, to add to that, to talk about everything else that's changed, even since I've written that. Ah, something more to look forward to. Well, Blaine, thank you very, very much for sharing pennies and, and your stories with us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, love that you reached out. Um, I, I spent a month in Australia a couple of years ago and I was uh, fortunate enough to do a, about a year long backpacking trip and spent a, a month there, a month in New Zealand and I oh, miss it so much. Can't wait to go back. Fiona, Christian, I, kn- I know y'all are going to listen to this at some point. Uh, they were out of uh, Tor- Torquay and I cannot wait to go back there and cruise up the uh, whole East Coast again. So, you know, well, I'll, I'll take the, the audio interview for now, but ho- hopefully we can shake hands here before too much longer. I'm looking forward to that day. It'd be a, an honor to meet you. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks very much again. Take care. All right. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to support the show, why not buy me a coffee? Head over to Kofi slash the relaxed dog. That's ko-fi.com slash the relaxed dog. And don't forget to tell a friend if you enjoyed the show and if you think they would too. Until next week, stay safe and remember your dog is family.